Hey everybody, welcome to the New Market Alliance Church podcast, where you're invited to not just attend church or watch church, or in this case, listen to church, but actually go and be the church. For everything you need to know about our community, be sure to go to newmarketalliance.ca and maybe even drop us a line to let us know you're listening. We read everything you send and we'll be sure to get back to you. Our worship service happens every Sunday at 10 a.m. in person or streaming online. We want you to know you absolutely matter to God and you absolutely matter to us. Everyone is welcome and wanted. Now, let's join today's teaching. How many of you take this time to make goals or, or resolutions or, ref- yeah, right on. Um, how many would be honest enough to say, I'm kind of glad uh, 2022 is gonzo? We, yeah, okay. Yes and amen, Diane. Okay, good. Um, I'm, trusting, I'm trusting that God's word is going to speak to us today, maybe especially to you in this new year. And I'd like to read from the prophet Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, where God's actually speaking to the people of Israel. And uh, if you read the whole chapter, he went through this very beautiful uh, series of powerful promises. And I believe this would be a promise that God would want to make to us Today, Isaiah 43, 18 to 19, God said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Many of you today, the, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you directly, I believe. And, and maybe even you'll be able to let go of some of the things from the past that have been holding you back. Uh, do not dwell on the former things or the things of the past because God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Can you all say new thing? New thing. thing. And what does God do in the Bible? says, see, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? God says, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Can't you see I am doing a new thing? Could it be that he wants to do a new thing here in our church, in your family, in our community? Some of you may be facing something where you're going, I don't know how in the world I'm going to make it through. It's bad. I don't see a way. And, and God might just be saying this morning, no, I see a way where you don't, where no one else sees a way. I am going to do a new thing in your life if you will just see what I see. Uh, how many of you um, are thinking about making some goals, resolutions, Anybody? I've got some bad news for some of y'all. By the end of January, 40% of y'all are going to tap out. That's just just the research. Uh, All of you that got your new little Christmas workout outfits, (laughs) they're going to become lounging in front of the TV outfits. I hope this doesn't sound like sour grapes from your chubby pastor. I just, I wish you the best. I really do. I want, I want you to succeed. But the reality is, studies show that by Valentine's Day, 75% of you will not be tracking with your New Year's resolutions. And a lot of us, we have what we might call good intentions. But they're not really God intentions. And we have good intentions, some things we want to accomplish, but I want to challenge you this year to go beyond just having some good intentions, something that you 
want to do, but instead have some God intentions, to listen to the Spirit of God like Cassandra was saying. He's going to speak directly to you if you allow him, and maybe he just will show you one thing, one thing he wants to do in your life this year. The Spirit of God wants to show you one thing, and instead of having just good intentions that are sort of me-centered, you'll have God intentions that are actually God-centered, because he's doing a new thing. So today I want to ask you four one-thing questions, four one-thing questions, and my hope is that God will inspire you to have a one God-centered thing that will be different for you in 2023. And you may be thinking, oh, what's a big deal about just one thing. That doesn't sound very transformative. But in reality, um, it is a really big deal because think about it. Over a decade, when there are 10 one things in your life, 10 new disciplines, 10 new spiritual passions, when there's a decade of one things, I mean, that can be a radical transformation. So the first one thing question I want to ask you today, and I hope that you'll actually reflect on this, that you'll play along. In your prayer time as you're seeking God this year, what one thing do you desire from God? Uh, above anything else, if God were to say, I'm going to grant your request, request this morning, what would be that driving force of your prayer life before God this year. In Psalm 27.4, David, who was described as a man after God's own heart, who, who asked for many different things, but perhaps the reason he was a man after God's own heart is because above all else, he desired one thing. One thing. Here's what he said. One thing I ask of you, Lord. This is what I seek above all else that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. If I could have one thing, he says, I want to be with God. I want his presence. I need his goodness. I need to know that he's always with me. That's my one thing, that, that God is with me in the good times, that God would be with me in the bad times. There's one thing that I desire above all else is to dwell, to, to live with the presence of God. What's one thing that you desire from God this year? Many of you, uh, you may be at a place in your life where you, um, you say, you know what? There is someone that I love that is so far from God. And if there's one thing I desire, it, it would be for that person to know the overwhelming, never-ending reckless love of God. Maybe he'd even, God would use me to help bring this person into a relationship with Christ. Some of you, uh, there may be an addiction or what the Bible would call a stronghold. it's, It's that thing that is keeping you from going further with God. And you can say, well, this isn't exactly a, a resolution. This is actually becoming a hindrance to my growth as a person, to my character, to my discipleship. And and I'm not going to let this one thing keep me from pursuing God this year. And and if there is a stronghold, you'll say, God, I believe with all my heart that your Holy Spirit is going to give me the the power to overcome this, this one thing that is in the way. Some of you may look at your marriage and you say, you know what? 
I know it's not where God wants it to be. The one thing you desire this year is that it would be for him to bring healing to your marriage. How? Well, uh, you're going to be tempted to desire the one thing that God would do is to fix this person who's annoying you so much. And uh, you may just find out that the one thing God wants to do is change your heart so that he can heal your marriage. Uh, Some of you, you've been promising for a long time that you're going to slow down. One day, one day, one day I'll, I'll slow down. And years have gone by. And you're actually missing out on your life. And, and, and your one thing this year may be, God, I, I need you to help me to enjoy you. And enjoy your presence. And enjoy those around me that you've put in my life. To be present with them. I need to do life according to the rhythms of your grace. And not according to the patterns of this world. What one thing would you have God do in your life? Some of you, you may not be married at all, but your friends are getting married, and you're like, I love them, but I kind of hate them. I'm happy for them, but I want to strangle them, kind of. And the desire of your heart is to experience that God-given gift of marriage. But for you, maybe that one thing this year would be, God, I need you to be enough. I, I need to be satisfied with only you this year. What one thing do you desire from God? I feel like coming into another year of high uncertainty, a changing culture, uh, a lot that is trending, that is quite discouraging actually for the, for the future trajectory of the, of the Big C Church, uh, kind of looking grim in Canada. And maybe this year of all years, my one thing would be the prayer of Solomon. You know, one time God asked Solomon, you're you're such a faithful servant, Solomon. I'll give you anything you want. And Solomon says, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. Because I think, God, without your wisdom, the leadership challenges of of a church are, are just too big for a dude like me. And so maybe it's the year I'm taken to Proverbs and I meditate on and dig deep and into the wisdom that God gave through Solomon. Jesus promises us, you know, if any of you lack wisdom, just ask and I'll give it to you. So what is the one thing that you desire from God? Here's my second question. I want you to ask yourself this. When it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your relationship with God, What one thing do you lack? What one thing is missing? Uh, In Mark chapter 10, there's an interesting story of a a rich guy who meets Jesus. And he says, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you need to obey the commands. And the guy very proudly is like, yep, check, check, done that, did that twice on Sunday. I've done all of that. And Jesus kind of looked through the outward appearance And he looked into this guy's heart and he saw a problem that maybe the guy didn't even see himself. And Jesus said to him something that he didn't say to anybody else in the Gospels. Mark 10, verse 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. He's about to say something difficult, but he says it with so much love. He says, one thing, 
Not three points, not ten things. One thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. If there's one thing that is standing in the way of you completely following Jesus, and for this guy, it seemed to be material possessions, the desire for security and wealth. And Jesus said that the one thing is in the way. So sell if you, if you want to truly follow me. Verse 22, the Bible says, at this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had such great wealth. Check this out. God specifically showed him the one thing that he lacked, and he was unwilling to do the one thing that would have benefited him the most. Now, granted, it was, a, it was a big thing, but he just couldn't do it. And, and may I say, I suspect there are some of us who over a period of years, God has shown you one thing that you need, one thing that is lacking, but you haven't done it. So it's a new year. It's a natural, fresh start. Will you be obedient to the one thing that God has shown you that you lack. And what is that? Many of you, you've been part of the church for a long time, but you don't really have great Christian community. You don't do small groups. Uh, Perhaps that's the one thing that you need to spiritually thrive this year. Maybe you've been wrestling with the idea of generosity, of, of tithing to God what is ultimately his, of, of giving God your first and your best and to trust him to, to bless the rest. You've you kind of fought him on that one for a while. Perhaps that's the one thing God's asking, are you going to trust me or not? Does your Christian experience consist of 90 minutes on a Sunday morning? That's it. You're, you're, you're too distracted to read the Bible. You're too busy to pray. I'd suggest you're, you're probably too busy not to pray. So my second question as you think about 2023 is what one thing do you lack? Third thing I want you to think about, what one thing do you need to let go? Uh, what one thing do you continue to kind of grip that holds you back? from where God wants you to be. What, what one thing do you need to let go? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, very powerful chapter in Philippians 3, and he was talking about how he wanted to know Christ. And I, I mean know Christ, not know about him, but know him. Uh, you know, that's our vision at NAC, isn't it? That everyone would come to know Jesus closely, relationally, fully. And Paul says this in verse 13, he says, brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This, this one thing I'm going to do, I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm, I'm straining towards what is ahead. I'm pressing on. Now, we don't know what Paul was letting go of. We, we could theorize a bit um, based on, on what we do know of him. Paul was the guy that personally ordered the stoning of Stephen, uh, the first Christian martyr. 
Maybe he had to let go of that, the guilt, the shame of that. Um, he was a guy that persecuted the church like, like nobody else. It could have been the pain that he experienced suffering for Christ. I mean, this was a guy that was whipped five times, 40 lashes each. It, it, it killed lesser men. Um, Maybe he was like, I need to let go of that. He was a guy who was beaten three times with rods, shipwrecked three times. He was a guy that was stoned, not uh, recreationally either. Uh, perhaps he was saying, I got I to gotta let go of that before I move forward. You know, when, when I was pastoring out west, I was tasked with organizing uh, a men's retreat. And look, if I'm being totally honest with you, I don't know what men find fun. Like, I like baths and books, so I'm not exactly the spokesperson for all things manly. Um, but I booked one of those youth adventure camps with you know canoes and archery and zip lines and high ropes courses and all that. Now, for the record, if you get me up on a ladder with a job to do, like I used to do Glenn's job, worship pastor, and you, if you get me up changing lights and, I've, and, I'm, and I'm focused on it, and I'm, I mean, I will even stand on the top rung and, you know, like I'm, I, I can do that. No, no concern for my orphaned children, you know. I, <laughs> I, but if I think about it too much, I get like really spooked by heights, really spooked. So, so here I am uh, leading the way on this weekend that I had planned. And uh, so this is me on the high ropes course. Uh, you have that next picture, yeah. And I look, look how happy I am. This is before the reality of it had, had taken over me, before the, the fear took hold. And, uh, you know, I got the safety harness all up in my business, if you know what I mean. And I'm, I'm going to cross this tightrope, which tightrope is uh, a bit of a misnomer. It should have been called the bouncy, loosey-goosey rope. But if I'm going to cross to the other side of this high ropes course and experience all the fun, uh, I'm going to have to let go of this telephone pole. You see my face is starting to change a little bit here. But here's what I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking, I'm never going to let go of this telephone pole. This is my new best friend, Mr. Telephone Pole. In fact, I might just stay here forever. I might just live here with my new best friend, Mr. Telephone Pole. And here's the other guys wondering down at the bottom, uh, <laughs> do, you th <laughs> do you think he'll ever let go of the telephone pole? Because I'd kind of like my turn as well. Here's the thing, sometimes you have to let go. And what you have to do is focus on the other side. And with everything in you, you don't look down, you don't look back, you look across. And if I was gonna move forward, I had to let go. If I was gonna move forward, I had to let go. In fact, if I, if I wanted to get down, if I wanted to go home, I had to let go. Uh, there are some of you that the reason you are not moving forward to where God wants you to be is because you are holding on to something from the past. And 
It's time to let go. It's time to let go this morning. Someone hurts you and you're clutching onto it. Your, your knuckles are white that you're gripping it so hard. You've got unforgiveness and you've got bitterness. And God would say, I want to do something new, but you can't dwell on the past. You've got to forget what is behind you. You've got to press on. I'm convinced that one of the biggest problems in marriages today is people who will not let go of the past. And so you continue to punish them for what happened in the past. Some of you failed at something, maybe. And you're holding on to that. In fact, you're internalizing it. You're wrongfully believing that you are a failure because you messed up. No, that is something that happened. That is not who you are. For the sake of your joy, for the sake of your spirit, let it go today. Let it go. Some of you have legitimately sinned. Maybe you've hurt others. You've hurt God. And I'm not here to excuse that or justify it or water it down. Because what happened was wrong. But guess what you're going to do? You're going to let it go. It's been confessed. It's been forgiven. It is forgiven. He He no longer holds it against you. Move forward today. It's a new day, and God is doing a new thing. So what is the one thing you need to let go so that you can become all that God wants you to become? And here's the fourth question I want you to ask. And I pray that this will speak to many of you. What one promise do you need to claim? What one promise from God do you need to claim? In the Old Testament, David, he was a young man. And he was anointed by Saul to be the next king over Israel. And, uh, sorry, anointed over Saul. Samuel was the one who, who heard from God and anointed David. And he had all of Jesse's boys line up, because he knew it was one of Jesse's boys. And they're all lined up in a row, oldest to youngest. And he's like, hmm, handsome, but that's not him. Strong, well, that's not the guy. Talented, that's not him. He goes down the line. He's like, do you have any others? Jesse's like, well, yeah, we've got the runt, but he's out watching the sheep. I don't, I don't think that's who you're looking for. And little runt David came up and God says, I don't look at what other people look at. I look at the heart. And this is our next king. So many of you, you've had a, you've had a promise You believe that God has shown you a vision, a picture for your future. And and maybe it's not coming about the way you thought. You're like, where are you, God? That's exactly what happened to David. As soon as he was anointed to be the next king over Israel, it seemed like every time he took a step forward, there was two steps back. Somebody was trying to kill him. Every time there was a victory, there would be Saul coming after him to destroy him. And his call to be king must at times have felt more like a curse because nothing was going his way. And yet, and yet, in the midst of all that, here's what David writes in Psalm 56. He says, this one thing I know, God is for me. 
God is for me. The enemies are coming after me. I don't know what to do. It's been three steps back and I'm scared to death and I don't know what's supposed to happen next. But this one thing I know, beyond anything else, God is for me. He says, I'm trusting God. Praise his promises. I'm not afraid of anything mere men can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. This one thing I know, there are so many things I don't know, but this one thing I do know, God is for me. And because of that one promise, it's enough. It's all I need. The one thing I know, God is still on the throne and he is for me. Some of you, God is going to give you a promise today and you're going to hang on to it and it will sustain you. It will sustain you the way Food nourishes your body. It's going to carry you when you're too weak. The one thing I know, what promise do you need to claim for yourself, for your family this year? Some of you are, are new to this whole church thing and you don't know that there were specific promises made to specific people in Scripture, but there are promises made to all God's children. Uh, to those who put their hope and their trust in Christ, I would just want to share a few with you, and maybe one of these would just capture your heart this morning. What does God promise? Well, God promises in his word to meet every need that you have according to his glorious riches. If, if you are hurting financially, if you're afraid, God promises you he will meet every need that you have. He promises that you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. Those of you that continue to go back to repetitive sin, guess what? There is a way out. There is, a, there is power through Christ to help you overcome that temptation, that, that sin has gripped over you. God promises to forgive all your sins. If you are suffocating under the weight of, of the past, guess what? It's forgiven. God will cast it into the sea of forgetfulness and he'll remember it no more. God promises to make everything, even the bad things, especially the bad things. God promises to make everything work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God promises if you feel alone or abandoned, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you forever. God promises to be your ever-present help in trouble. God promises to give strength to the weary. He is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He promises to guide you and give you direction. Many of you, you don't know what to do next. God will guide you if you, if you let him. He's a good shepherd. You are, you are his sheep. And the sheep recognize the voice of the good shepherd. It is the shepherd's role to, to lead the sheep. And he'll lead you. Will you follow? He promises to give you a peace that goes beyond your ability to even understand. Many of you are facing major trials, even now. And you don't know how you're going to get through it. Well, guess what? There is a peace where others are going to look at you and you say, how can you be this calm in the middle of what you're going through? And you'll be like, I don't know, but God promised and he is delivering. God promises to give you power to defeat Satan, to overcome the work of the evil one. If you resist him, he will flee from you. God promises that nothing, 
will separate you from his love. God promises you that you are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. For those of you who are not walking with God, I want you to know that he promises you eternal life through his son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. There are some things that I don't know. But this one thing I know, God is with me. God is with me. God is with you. This one thing you can know is that he is with you. Praise his promises. What one thing Do you desire from God above all else? What one thing do you lack? What is the Holy Spirit showing you that you lack? What um, We have the courage to obey the voice of God. What one thing do you need to let go of? It's time. It's time to forget it and press forward. What one promise do you need to claim? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. For our God, who is a good God, who is with us even now, he is doing a new thing. Somebody say amen to that. God, I thank you. I thank you for that even for some what was a painful year. Today is a new day. And God, I thank you that you are a God of new beginnings. Um. You're a God who speaks to your children. So speak to your children today, Lord, I pray. Thank you, God, for people who are not satisfied with what was. People who are hungry for what could be. God, I pray that one or two of these questions would just dog us this week. May you use some of these questions to help us narrow down that specific thing that's going to be different in our lives. Not a good idea, but a God idea. That God, we would truly not seek the change, but we would actually seek the God of the change. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness for your glory. And just as we keep praying today, I wonder if you just keep your eyes closed and just not look around. I want to be real honest with you right now because there are many of you that God, I just think, has brought here this morning for a reason. There's people maybe watching right now, and you're watching for a reason. And it's because you are not in a good relationship with God. Um, He's not first in your life. You may believe in him. You may be part of the church, but, but you know that you're very far from God. And I can promise you, you can search the world. And no matter how hard or long you search, if you are not walking with God, you are always going to be dissatisfied. You can achieve every goal. Um, and there still will be something missing. Why? Because there is a God-shaped void in our lives and you may feel very unworthy to come to God because you've you've messed up in the past but guess what that's <laughs> you are exactly in the right place and in the right mindset you God loves people who can no longer save themselves that's the exact kind of person that God loves and is drawn to somebody who knows that we are in need of a savior 
And perhaps that is the one reason why you're here. Um, Because God wants you to hear this message, to call on his one son, to be changed by his one spirit, to be devoted solely to this one true God. How do I accept that invitation? Well, God says it's as easy as putting your trust in him. The one who loved you, died for you, that you would confess your weaknesses and your sin and just surrender. Call out to God and say, I give up. I need your healing. I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I just need you. I want to put you first, God. I want to be right with you. This is my one thing. 